Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. Pray over that minute. Will you commit to praying into that ministry for me? Can we do that? Amen. Praise God. Boy, it's just so good to see everybody this morning. God bless our visitors. You're welcome here. Uh, I know that uh, we need to pray for Carlene this morning. Uh, she's picking up more family members in Florida that are coming from Haiti. And so, <laughs> praise God. And, and my understanding is that uh, some of them play instruments. And uh, so for those of you who know Carl, if they're, if they're anything like him, it's going to be good. And so we're just really looking forward to uh, having our church full of people from uh, different you know, ethnicity. I just think that's awesome when we have so much diversity in our church. Amen? And I'm just looking forward to that. So when they come, will you help me welcome them? Will you do that? Amen. Let's, we want to welcome everybody, make sure, and visitors, I want you to feel welcome today because... You know, it's really weird to say this because every pastor says, says this, but I, I really believe it to be true. God's doing some cool things in this church. He's really doing some cool stuff. If you, if you missed it Sunday night, uh, Bobby experienced a documented miracle. Stand up, Bobby. See, he's not supposed to be able to do that. He's, he's supposed to be laying in a bed crippled because of what happened to his brain. Now, not everything on his brain has been fixed because of the 49ers hat. We recognize that. Right? He's still got some healing to do. We're going to cast that out of you. But, but, man, Bobby shared that story, and I was in tears. I mean, God, just give God praise, Bobby, for what he's done for you. Amen? That's just awesome. And so... And, and, and I was able to visit with Margaret Martin uh, last week, or the week before, and, and she was supposed to be in the, in the home for uh, Wildflower for like six or seven weeks. She's only going to be there for two. She gets out at the end of this week, uh, just in time for Thanksgiving. Uh, she may even be able to be at church Sunday, I don't know. But, uh, you know, for those of you who, who knew what she was going through, they didn't think she was going to make it, but yet here she is doing great, amen? And so God's... God's doing miracles, amen? And can we just give God glory for that and doing miracles, amen? And, and so the question is, you're saying, well, pastor, are we in the middle of revival? You know, I, I don't know yet. I always, always hesitate to say those word, that word revival because people look at the word revival and I don't think we all, Michelle, you're here. I don't even see you there. Praise God. I'm so glad that you're here, Amen. Praise God. That, I'm going to get emotional, man. You've gone through a lot and you're here. That's amazing. Praise God. You guys don't know, man. I tell you. Okay, I've got to have a moment. You know, God's doing some cool things in this church. Amen? And, and again, I, I want to get back to what I said. I, I, God had me have a moment right there. But, you know, I, I don't like to use the revival because... You know, it's been overused, right? I like to use the word awakening. I like to use the word awakening because, you know, when, when you have an awakening, that implies that the church has been asleep, amen? And God has waking us up. He's, he's stirring things in us to where things are happening. I get phone calls from some of you about how God is moving in your life, and I love that. I love you calling me and telling me that God is moving in your life, and He's doing great things. That makes me so happy. And some of you may say, well, God's not moving in, in my life right now. Hold on. It's coming. Hold on. Amen? Remember I was talking last week about the roller coaster? Okay, you got to hold on, because when it comes, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Amen? Amen? It's going to hit you. You're going to go, God, slow down. And he's going to say, no, we're going full speed. Amen? He, we're going full speed. Because I believe that God wants to save Juno. Amen? I believe that God wants to save Juno. 
how many have relatives here in Juneau that are not saved? How many have relatives around in the villages that are not saved? Do we not know and comprehend that God wants to save our friends, our family, people that we know? Amen? God wants to save people. Amen? God is tired of people who go to church for the sake of going to church. He wants the people who go to church and realize this is the moment that we've been waiting for, that God is going to meet us here. Amen? God is going to meet us here this morning, and I believe that He has a word for us. I believe He's going to touch us this morning. I believe He's going to speak to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. We've been talking about what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a Christian. What does it mean to, and I really probably should have entitled this instead of what it means to be a Christian, I really should have said what it means to be a believer. Because that's really what we are, right? We're believers. The word Christian means Christ-like, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the word Christian is used so much today. I've heard rock stars get up and say, well, I'm a Christian, and then they turn around and drop a bunch of curse words. Or promote an agenda that we don't agree with. And I said, well, maybe you don't understand what that word means. Amen? So I don't, I don't necessarily like that word from the standpoint as I think it's used wrong and it causes people to, to grossly misunderstand what it means to know Christ. I will say that this morning that I am a believer. Amen? I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus His Son. Amen? I believe in the sweet Holy Ghost that comes down in a time of need and blesses me and encourages me. I believe in His healing power this morning. Amen? I believe that God can touch you right where you stand and heal you and reform you and restore you. Amen? I believe... I believe that this morning God can heal marriages. I believe this morning that God can heal sickness. I believe this morning that God can heal finances. Amen? I believe that God can heal anything in your life that you're going through because that's the kind of God He is. But it's not enough that I believe that. you got to believe too. Amen? Don't just sit here and say, go, Pastor, go. No, you come with me. Amen? We're going to do it together. We're not going to do it at all. Okay? I can't go down the road by myself. we got to go down this road together and believe that God is going to do amazing things. Amen? Is God God or is He not Uh oh got quiet is God God or not do we serve a God that was only in the New Testament and the Old Testament or do we serve a God that is today even God says I am the God of Abraham Jacob and Isaac meaning he is a God for every generation just like he's the God for Mosaic on campus he's the God for the nursing home amen just like he's the God for our children's ministry he's the God for, for those of us who goes to work all day amen I'm going to tell you this morning God is a God for us this morning if we would just put our trust in him amen Praise God. So I'm going to talk to you this morning. We've talked about so many things about what it means to be a Christian. So this morning I'm going to talk to you about what it means to have a a giving heart. You know, it's, it's it's actually embarrassing. You talk to waitresses and waiters in restaurants, and they don't like to work on Sundays. Do you know why? Because Christians are the stingiest people when it comes to blessing the waiter and the waitress. Or worse yet, they leave a Bible verse. Well, pastor, shouldn't we leave a Bible verse? Yes, and $20 extra. That's what I'm telling you. All right, we should bless people, amen? But they hate working on, they hate working on these days because Christians are stingy. And that's embarrassing to me. And, and what, I, what I realize is that we as believers have somehow gotten it wrong. Now here's what I love about this church. I don't see this church this way. I think a lot of you understand that what it means to give and what it means to bless. But I still think we need to talk about these things sometimes. Amen? We need to have this discussion. Sometimes having uncomfortable discussions keeps us from problems in the future, doesn't it? So we understand that as believers, we have to have a giving heart. Let me explain what I meant by that. 
When I was a, a child, my favorite time of the year, besides my birthday, which, by the way, is a national holiday. Did you know that? Labor Day. That's why they named it Labor Day, because I was born. Okay, maybe not, but still, I like to think that. So, I loved Christmas as a child. Do you know why I love Christmas? I was an only child. Some of you are like, oh, okay, I get it now. I understand pastor perfectly now. I was an only child. So all the gifts in the house, there was no question whose gift that was. When, when Hunter and Julie were, were growing up, they never knew which gift was theirs because we didn't put their names on it because I wrapped it, and by the time I wrapped it, I forgot whose it was. All right? But I knew all the gifts under the tree was mine, right? I knew they were mine. And so Christmas kind of focused around me. Yeah, I loved it. That gift there, it's mine. Come on, now you know what I'm talking about? Those of you with a lot of brothers and sisters, you don't quite get that. But me, I, like I said, I was the only child, and you know, it was all about me. And to some extent, it still is, but we won't talk about that later. And so, I noticed something that when I grew up and got married and had children that all of a sudden Christmas was not about me anymore. You know how many gifts I had under the tree when I got married and had kids? None. I got a hug. <laughs> I mean, there was an occasional gift that Jenny bought me later, but I didn't have a lot of gifts, right? Maybe one or two. Now, they were expensive, but still, it was just one or two, right? But the kids, they had like stacks of gifts. They were all over the place, right? And I realized that as an adult, there comes a point when I realize not everything is about me, and it becomes about someone else. I realize as an adult that the focus is no longer on me. It's not about receive, 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 get, get, get. Because I don't know about you, when I was growing up, when I got a toy, I broke it within the first 24 hours. I had these little army men, and I would take them out, and I'd light little firecrackers on them. That's just what we did, right? But it was no longer about you know, me, because I would receive, 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 but all of a sudden, I would watch my kids come down, and they would open their gifts, and they would get so excited about what they got. My son got a set of drums one year. He was about, what, three or four, something like that? Three? I can't, I don't have my glasses on. Two? Okay. He was two years old, and even at that moment, he was like, psh, psh, psh. I was like, this kid's amazing. And then Julie got a little karaoke set where she was singing and playing the guitar, so we kind of set their lives in motion at a young age. Do you guys see where I'm going with this? Is a lot of people in the church, regardless of their age, they come in and they say, okay, what are you doing for me? How are you blessing me? How are you going to pour into me? How are you going to teach me? How am I going to receive today? Well, if you don't do the right song, you, know, you don't preach the right way, and I don't receive something, then I'm going to go somewhere else where I receive. Isn't that the attitude of the church today? Now, I don't see a lot of that in you, but there are people who are like that, that if they say, I'm not getting anything, I'm just going to go somewhere else, because they're still childlike in their faith, regardless of their age. They're still childlike in their faith because it's about me, me, me. How many understand the aspect of Christianity no longer focuses on you, but it focuses on everybody else, amen? It focuses, we're supposed to give to our brothers and sisters, amen? Now see, when I talked about a giving heart, you thought I was going to talk about money, didn't you? See, really money is not even a part of the issue here. Money comes when we realize that we give of ourselves and money doesn't even become an issue anymore. But too many people come in the church and say, please me, please me, please me, and it's about them. 
When in reality, if you're called to Christ, you're called to serve. You're called to serve. You're called to give of yourself. Amen? You're called to bless others. Amen? See, I want you to understand that God himself has modeled this for us. He is the one who showed us how to give. In James chapter 1, verse 17, he says this, Every good gift. Can you pull that up for me, James 1, 17? Thank you. Every, what's that word? Perfect gift. Every good gift. Amen? Everybody understand what a gift is? Husbands, look at your wives and say, I am your gift. Wives, stop crying. Some of you who aren't married, just say it to yourself. <laughs> every good gift and every perfect gift, I am my wife's perfect gift, by the way, <laughs> is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation of shadow of turning or shadow of turning. I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, that God himself has modeled what giving is. And if we're supposed to be Christ-like, so to speak, then we ourselves are going to do the very things that God has done. Amen? If God willingly gave everything he had, then guess what? He wants us to give like him. He wants us to give like him. He wants us to understand what it means to give. Look at what God gave us, amen? Because some people say, well, God hasn't given me anything. Well, let me, let me counter that. I'm going to tell you right now what he's given you. Can you look out this window right now, right now and see what you see? There's this little ball in the sky. It's called the sun. It's kind of unusual for Juno. But isn't that sunlight pretty? What about the trees? Creation itself, God has given us, amen? Does anybody enjoy going out on the boat in the ocean and just enjoying how beautiful this? I want to tell you, for those of you who've been here your whole life, you don't realize how beautiful this area is. Everyone who comes to visit me, they constantly comment, we never knew Alaska could be this beautiful. I said, you don't understand. There's Juneau beautiful, and then there's Alaska beautiful. This far exceeds any other beauty in the state. I mean, people can argue different places are pretty, but this area of the southeast far exceeds that. This is a beautiful area, and God created that, and he gave it to us for it to enjoy. He's given us jobs. He's given us clothes. If anybody has clothes on this morning, raise your hand. Thank you for wearing clothes to church. We all thank you for that. He's given us our very lives because of the graciousness of God. But we forget that sometimes because we live our lives sometimes with trouble. And we feel like God's not there, but He is. Just because I go through trouble doesn't mean creation ceases to exist, does it? Just because I go through trouble doesn't mean that I all of a sudden have no clothes to wear. Just because I go through trouble doesn't mean that I still don't have breath in my lungs. Amen? God has given you life. God has blessed you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Most importantly, we're going to talk about this more as we get to the Christmas time, the Christmas season. You know what else God gave us? He gave us His Son. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9-10, through 10, he says this, In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation means replacement. That's what that means. Now think about this for a second. Parents, you understand what I'm talking about. When your kids are born, they don't have the capacity to love you, do they? They don't understand that because they're babies. They understand a little bit, they hug you, but they, don't, they can't reason like that. Their minds are not developed yet. So we show them what? Love. We hug them, we kiss them, we caress them. 
We, we demonstrate to them what love is, and they respond to that. They see that. Then they, they develop that capacity to love, and they develop that capacity to respond to us. Brothers and sisters, that's what God has done in us. When we were in sin, we did not love God. Amen? When we were in sin, we did not even know God. You might have heard about God, but you didn't know God. But when you came into His glorious grace, He showed you what love is. Amen? He showed you His gracious, eternal, long-lasting love. He showed that to us because He wanted to demonstrate to us His amazingness. He wanted to show us what love is. Some of us have only known love through broken marriages. Some of us have only known love through failed relationships or brokenness from church or something like that. That's the only kind of, and I'm going to use quotes here, it's the only kind of love that we've known. But that's not love. Love is sending your son to the brutal death of the cross so that we can be reconciled to him and know him. Again, I want to tell you that God modeled for us his love. And he gave it to us freely. God gave us the Holy Spirit. When we were worshiping this morning, did you feel something? You think that's just nothing? That's His Holy Spirit, amen? That's us having the presence of God in our lives and in this church. God gave that to us. You ever been to a church that was so dead you wanted to have a funeral? In the middle of the service? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? They get up and they say, we bless you, Lord, for everything that you have done. And I'm sure these people love God, but you're like, I'm falling asleep here. Now, some of you fall asleep in a Pentecostal church, and i got to give it to you. You must have been tired. <laughs> I'm a, if you fall asleep in a Pentecostal church, then, hey, listen, I'm going to let you sleep. I used to joke that I'd wake you up. I'm going to let you sleep. Because you must have been gone through a rough night that night or something, amen? But I've been in some churches where they're like, you know, they have their, their form, but you can't feel God anywhere, can you? And people feel, they say, well, I feel God in the process. No, you feel the process. And it makes you think you feel God, amen? We feel God when we worship, amen? We feel God when we raise our hands. That's the Holy Ghost reaching down and saying, I'm going to connect you to a loving Father that loves you. See, God gives these things to us, amen? And if God gives these things to us, then does He not expect us to give back to Him? Come on. Uh-oh, He's going to talk about money. I can see the tension. I can see it. Everybody's like, uh, what? Can I ask you a question? Don't answer. It's rhetorical. Why is that such a sensitive subject that a pastor talks about money? We're like, well, no, we can't talk about Why? Because some preacher on television misspent money that he shouldn't have? I didn't do that. Right? I didn't do that. As a matter of fact, if you want to look at the church books, you let me know. I'll walk you through it. I'll show you exactly where we spend. Amen? Listen, we've got we to gotta quit worrying about what other churches have done and stop believing in all these whatever and realize that God is blessing us because we give. Amen? But I'm not talking right now about money. Don't worry, I'm going to get there. I'm talking about you giving of yourself this morning. I'm talking about you giving yourself this morning. I want you to understand that. See, there's something magical and spiritual that happens when you give of yourself. Let me give you a little observation I've noticed about Juno. You ready? There are people that are more worried about being in church with their friends than being in the presence of God. Got quiet. It got quiet, didn't it? Listen, I'm all about the church being a family. I want our church to be a family. I love that we're a family. I love that we're tight and all that. But there becomes a problem with that when we're not sending people out. Amen. Let me give you an example. 
I love my children. Well, let me use, let me, use me as an example. I, I love my mom and dad growing up with them, right? We were a family, the three of us. But there come a point where it was time for me to go. My dad helped me with that. He looked at me and said, son, it's time for you to go. And my mom was like, no! And then a couple of days later, she goes, let me help you pack. <laughs> Do you know why? Because there comes a point in a young man's life that he needs to go. Right? I mean, I love my son, but he's been away from home for a couple years, and other than me being the only male in the house, it's been actually kind of good. We're getting along great. But if we're not careful... Amen. Where if we're not careful, you have too many people in the house, you start butting heads, right? You know what I'm talking about? You got too many family members in the house, you start butting heads. Has anybody ever wondered why we have division in the church sometimes? It's because God is telling some of us to go. I'm not talking about changing churches. Don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about fulfilling the ministry that God has called you to do. Some of you, God has called to other places. God has called you to start a church. God has called you to do this. Amen? And if we're not sending you out, if we're not sending you out, then we're not doing the same job. If, if you're with me 20 years from now, then when I've done something wrong, okay, I want to tell you that God has called you, and when you give of yourself, you realize, hey, there's a point that it's time for me to pour into other people. See, if I would have stayed at the church that I was at, I would not be here pouring into you, amen? I would not be doing that. I'd be fat and happy. Well, I'm fat now, but <laughs> I'd be fat and happy. At the church I was at, because I was the worship leader, people were like, we love you, Keith, we love you, Keith, we love Jenny, and everybody loves us, and it was great. And the Lord was like, man, I just hated it there, because I was like, oh, man, I'm getting stirred up, I want to go do something. I just, I'm not it, I, this is not where I want to be, because the Lord said, you need to go. You need to go and let someone else rise up and do what you were doing. Amen? And I want to tell you this morning that God has called you and he's given gifts to you. He's blessed you. And now it's time for you and the church to start giving of yourself. Amen? Don't be like those people who just show up to church because this is where your friends go. Now, this is what I love about you because most of you, a lot of you, are like that. You're sensing something happening in this church. You sense God doing something. But if we're not careful, we're going to slip into that trap where it becomes our four and no more, so to speak. Let me give an example of what I'm talking about, about how you, when you get so focused on creating a family atmosphere that there's tension. Remember in the Bible, I believe it's Acts chapter 5, when the widows of the Greeks and the widows of Jews were being fed and there rose up division because they thought this person was getting more than this person. You remember that story? Brothers and sisters, the problem is, is that we're so focused and the church has taught you, just show up and receive and then go home. They were forgot to tell you to receive and go out and pour into someone else. We forgot to tell you that. And it's time that we as a believer realize that what you receive right now is meant for you to pour into someone else. Amen? It's meant for you to speak to someone else. It's meant for you to share with someone else. The, what God has given you is meant to pass through you. Amen? It's meant to pass through you. Now, I want to be clear here because the devil loves to confuse in no way am I telling anybody to leave the church. Let's be clear about that, okay? Did anybody hear that? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> I'm not telling you to leave the church. But what I am telling you is I'm telling you, let God fulfill His purpose in you. Amen. Don't come here because your friends come here. Come here because you want to serve. And maybe service sounds kind of weird. Maybe God has called you to do something outside of the church. Amen? Maybe God has called you to move here. In the, when I say move here, I'm talking about go in that direction. And, you know, like Mason, I don't know where he's at. I think he's downstairs. Like Mason teaching over at Mosaic. He says, Pastor, I feel a call on my life, and I want to do ministry. I say, okay, well, let's start here. Amen? Randy going over to the glory hall. You know how many people like to go to the glory hall? Not many. Amen? That's what ministry is. Now, is Mason and Randy perfect? No. But you know what? 
I love when people work for God. Amen? I love it. I love it. It's so much easier to work with someone who has a willing heart. Amen? Because realize that what we do is not for us. Amen? What we do is not for us. It is for a world that needs who? Yeah. It needs Jesus. It needs Jesus. And by the way, if you're afraid to come to me because you're worried that I'm going to be judgmental about what God wants you to do, I think those of you who have come to me realize that that's not true. I will be your biggest cheerleader. And I will take out the pom-poms to prove it. Amen? Is this on? Because normally I say pom-poms and, okay, maybe not today. Maybe not today. We're still asleep. It's okay. So, to help you to understand what I'm talking about, Jesus told a parable, an amazing parable, and i got to get through this because I've been realizing I've been preaching a long time, and I need to cut it back a little bit because, well, no, I'm not. Never mind. I don't know why. I say that every Sunday, and I don't mean it. He told the story, the parable of the talents, and we think talent means gift or ability, and it doesn't. It actually meant money. And in this story, the master who represents the father or the son, he goes to his three servants. You guys realize that being a believer, that means you become a servant, right? He goes to his three servants and he goes, I'm going to give you five, I'm going to give you two, and I'm going to give you one, I want you to use it. And he goes away. Let me just read the verses. Matthew 25, 14 through 15. He goes, for the kingdom of heaven, and for those of you who are here on Wednesday night, you know what the kingdom of heaven is. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. He went to Anchorage. <laughs> there you are. You are. You're awake. Okay. Who called his own service and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents. Hold up, hold up a five. Okay? Okay, let's have a little bit of fun here. You guys, you guys are the five talents. So hold up. When I say five, you hold up the number five, okay? Okay? Some of you are participating. You get a little star. Some of you are not. Okay. You guys are going to be the two talents. So hold up a two, the victory sign. Okay. Thank you for those that are participating. This is kind of embarrassing. You guys are the one. Okay. Make sure it's the right finger. Okay, good. Hey, i got to say that sometimes, okay? I drive in Juno. That happens. <laughs> I was in Anchorage one time, and they, never mind. And he, gave, and he gave five talents. Thank you for participating. To another, he gave two talents. And to another, I even have saying it as like one. But he gave each one to their ability. So we have to understand that it's not based on who you are, it's what you need for that moment. There's times that you're going to receive five. Come on, don't go to sleep on me. Thank you. Thank you, Helen. That was done with enthusiasm. I appreciate that. Amen. Helen, watch Helen. Thank you, Ezra. Okay. You about killed your wife doing that, but thank you for that, okay? And then there's times that you may only need two. Man, you guys are really asleep. I'm going to tell you that right now. And there's sometimes he's going to give you one. You can't do two fingers, Janet. <laughs> I'm only teasing with you, amen? And so he went through this process, and God gives you what you need for that moment for where you are and what you're doing, okay? So don't, don't get caught up, well, he's got more than me. Be quiet about that, okay? Just accept what God is doing. I know I'm a little bold today, but love me anyway. You have to love me. It's required by law, and I will report you to the police. And one he gave five talents to another two. Not really. I just had to say that. Ezra gets nervous when I say that, so I won't say that. <laughs> I love you, Ezra. All right, anyway, to another two and another one. Thank you. You got you to gotta watch me. Because if I point to you and you're not raising your hand, I'm going to stop my sermon for five minutes. <laughs> Amen. People are like elbowing each other. You got to say something. All right, here we go. 
And to each one, according to his own ability, immediately he went on a journey. Now, we know the story. You know what happened. He goes away and he comes back. The one who had five had five more. Thank you, Colleen. You guys are all asleep. You can't raise two hands. He gave another, well, that's right, you can. So, yeah, thank you, Carol, the teacher has instructed me, okay? So he had five. Now what does he have? He has five more, right? Okay. To the other one, i got to be careful. My shirt's lifting up here, okay? All right. So the other one, he had two, and then he got what? Two more. The enthusiasm from this section is overwhelming, okay? <laughs> and then to this group. No. No. He only had one. You guys remember the story, right? You guys need to read the Bible. Thank you, PJ. You know. Because the guy who had five, come on, went and worked. And he got five more, right? What is five plus five? Is that right? Okay, good. I don't know. I had to ask. The one who had two got what? Two more. What is that? Is four more than ten in the gospel in the kingdom? Is that more important? No, God doesn't care about numbers. He's just talking about how it multiplied, right? Two times two is what? It's like a Sesame Street cartoon. Okay? And the one, what did he do? I'm gonna I'm gonna talk like a southerner. He buried it. You know when he hid it in a hole. Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, there's some stories that we can learn about this, and I want you to listen to me, okay? Some of you are afraid to use your gift because you feel like you're going to fail. Can I tell you this story demonstrates that you will not fail if you use it in God's way? The guy who had five doubled it. The guy that had two doubled it. The only one that failed was the one who didn't use it. As a matter of fact, when the master came back, he was angry. He was angry. He goes, why didn't you use what I gave you? Why didn't you do something with it? And there's a judgment that comes upon us because God has given you something that you can use. Amen? Do you realize there's gifts that you have that I don't have? And there's gifts that other people have that you don't have? That's what makes us a body. Amen? Some of us are the, are the, are the toes. Some of us are the fingers. Some of us are the elbows. We all fit in this one great body. Amen? And I want to tell you, there's certain things that you can do that only you can do. And God wants to use that. But what we do is because church is like a social club to where we go see our friends instead of being in the presence of God. And it's here where people get frustrated. It says, well, I'm not getting anything anymore. Can I explain to you why you're not getting anything out of church anymore? Can I, can I tell you? Are you ready for this? At Thanksgiving dinner, there comes a point when you have to push back from the plate, right? Because then the food doesn't taste as good, doesn't it? Some of you are so fat with the gospel that you're miserable. David talked about that. He talked about his cup overflowing. What good is an overflowing cup unless you pour it out into something else? Amen? I want to tell you the purpose is you go out and you take the food that's been given to you through the message, through the worship, through the tithe and offering, and you say, hey, I have some extra. Let me give you what I just got. Let me share with you what I got. Let me touch you. Amen? Let me, let me, and then don't just take the message. Take how about this? Take your personal Bible reading time. You know what I love to do? I love to send scriptures to people. Say, hey, I was thinking about you. Here's a scripture. If you haven't got one from me, don't get offended. But it, sometimes I feel in my heart someone's going through something, so I'll share a scripture with them. That's me pouring out from to them what God has given me. Amen? My goal is to, and some of you don't, you're frustrated because you're not hungry, because you're not pouring out. There are those of us who come into church, we're hungry because all we've done is exercise all week. Amen? We've poured ourselves out. We've poured ourselves out and said, okay, God, fill me up. Fill me up, God. I'm ready. I'm ready to feast at your banquet table. 
But not all of us are there. Again, you thought today was about money, didn't you? Can I tell you that when you learn how to give yourself to God, that money is not an issue? Can I tell you that? Some of you are struggling with your finances because you haven't given God your finances. Listen, we can get into a debate about tithe and offering. I've had people say, well, tithing is Old Testament, and you know, we can have that debate, but can I tell you that debate is just unnecessary? Because if you're not given to God, then you don't understand who God is. Amen. You don't understand. If you're trying to hoard, if you're trying to keep back from God, think about the person who had one and what happened to him. You know what happened to him? God judged him and he said he'll be outside where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. In other words, he wasn't going to go to heaven. Because if you're somewhere where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, that doesn't sound like a pleasant place to be, does it? God wants us to give of ourselves. That includes our minds, our bodies, our finances. Here's a big one. You think finances is big? How about this one? Our time. All right, I'm going to step in a little bit, okay? I'm going to step in it. Here we go. Some of you expect the pastor to be available to you 24-7, but you're not available to the church at all. Do I need to repeat that, or are we good? We're not available. Well, pastor, I'm too busy. I'm going to say that to someone next time. I'm too busy. Sorry, I'm too busy. Because I have to work a job. I have to go out and do those things. I, I'm not just sitting in my office. I have to go to work, just like you do. But no, I'm not like that. You know why? Because I love you. Even though you may not understand how things are, I still love you. Now, not everybody's in this church this way. I'm talking in general, right? But when things come up that we need help with, you're strangely unavailable. When we talk about giving, ah, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't feel comfortable with that. I don't know where the money is going. Listen, I'm going to say this in a loving way, and I don't, I don't know how else to say it. I could care less how you feel about where their money is going. I care more about how God judges me where the money is going, okay? I'm going to tell you that right now. Because all you're going to do is get mad at me and leave the church if you don't like the where the money is going. But God looks at me and says, son, I will send you to hell if you misuse my money. Don't think that that won't happen. There's a judgment upon me how I run this church. There's a judgment upon me and how I do things. Every word that comes out of my mouth this morning is a judgment from God on my life. Look it up in Scripture if you don't think what I'm saying is true. That means I have to be very careful what I say and what I do. But it's time... It's time that the church stopped being a social club. Now listen, I have no problem with us being family. I love us being family. I love, like last night, and I'm kind of mad at Nick for doing this. Nick Dunn, he sent me a video of his son wrestling. And, and I love watching. It gave me a heart attack, though. But I want to share a little story about his wrestling. He got... Little Landon, I shouldn't say Little Landon because he probably wouldn't like that, but, you know, young Landon, he was wrestling. And my wife and I were watching this. We were eating dinner. We were watching this. And he got down, what was it, like 10 to 6? Or he got down a lot of points, right? It was just a lot. I like, there is no way he's going to come back. And the announcer was announcing is, well, it looks like this Landon kid is done. And Landon must have heard that because in the final 30 seconds, he turned it on. And he was like, I am not giving up. I am. And he pulled within one point. And he didn't win. But I, I had more respect for this young man because wrestling's not easy, right? It's not easy. And I thought about that scripture, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen? So we're wrestling against the enemy. And I saw what Landon was doing. He wasn't giving up. He wasn't just rolling over and saying, oh, I'm done for. He fought back. He came against impossible odds to do that. And I was sitting there. My wife and I were sitting there, and I was mad because Nick almost gave me a heart attack telling me to watch. And I'm an old man. I can't do that, right? 
But I, I, I was sitting there watching him, and I thought, man, what if the church is like this? Yes, he, he, he did lose. But you know what I saw in him? I saw fire. He's like, I won't lose again. Sometimes life is going to defeat us. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise, okay? Sometimes life's going to defeat us. But guess what? You don't give up, amen? You don't pull back and say, I'm not going to do this again. Oh, I got hurt in church. I'm never going back. Come on, please, amen? You get hurt in your job, you go back to work, amen? Come on, let's be real about this. We need to quit blaming the church and blaming the people and give ourselves to God and let Him provide the healing, amen? I want a church. God wants a church that is a lean, mean fighting machine. That when the devil sees us come to church, he's over there quaking in his boots. He goes, oh no, they're worshiping God again. I, I better spread some rumors about them as something. And then we go, oh no, you don't. Remember, remember that song this morning? I love that song. The enemy thought he had us, but Jesus said, you are mine. The enemy thought he had this church, but Jesus said, you are mine. Come on now. I don't care so much about what you do, but I care that you do. Amen? When, when you serve God, you want to do something for Him. You want to do it. I've been with my wife now for 23 years, and one of the things that I love to do every morning for her is I'll get up and I'll make her coffee. It's just what we do, right? I make her a cup of coffee and I'll pour in the wrong amount of cream. She'll let me know that. And, but I just make her coffee, and it's kind of a, just a joke with us. We kind of have fun with it. And it's, it to be honest, it's just you know, we, the way we interact with each other. But I love serving her. Did the dishes last night because it needed to be done. I even cooked. It's getting a little weird when I cook. I can make a mean peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I can tell you that right now. But when you love somebody, you serve them. Amen? We got this wrong in marriages too. We think the woman's supposed to serve man the whole time, and it's supposed to be both ways. You serve each other. And just because you go to work and a job, that's not all your service. We, we serve each other. Amen? Amen? A little, little bit of marriage counseling there. Brothers and sisters, when we love God, as you put on some music for me, please. When we love God, when we love God, we find ways to serve. Come on now. We find ways to serve. We become part of something. We say, Pastor, I feel God leading me in this direction. Are you okay with that? And you know what I'm going to say? Man, that's awesome. Either you need training or I'm going to bless you. You may need training and we'll work on that. Mason, as he goes into this teaching, he's not going to be alone. I'm going to be watching him like a hawk because I care about him. He's going to do things wrong, but we're going to talk about grace and mercy, right? But I'm going to be watching him. I'm going to make sure that he does the right thing because that's my job. Somebody watched over me. Now I'm going to watch over him until one day I'm, let, I'm going to be able to let him free a little bit. My daughter, when she took over praise and worship, she didn't take over day one. You guys remember? I eased her into it, and now she's doing an amazing job. She could go anywhere and do praise and worship. Anywhere. Anywhere. I just got to teach her how to replace guitar strings on the fly now. So my question to you today is, my question to you, I don't want a church full of fat cats. I want a church, God wants a church, of people who have a heart of giving. Again, you notice I haven't talked about money. I'm talking about a giving of yourselves. See, here's the thing, like I said earlier, when you're giving of yourself, money's, you just like, man, I got a relationship with God. Of course I'm gonna give him money. Can I, can I share this with you? My wife and I, we give our tithing offering. 
By the way, that's not one word. Tithe and offering, okay? But we've been doing a little, a little experiment lately. I take out a certain amount of money, it's not a small amount of money, and I'm only sharing this with you because I want you to understand. And I have this money in my wallet, and I say, okay, Lord, whenever you're ready for me to give this to somebody, you let me know. So I have this money, I take it out of the bank, and it's, it's budgeted, we say this is for whoever needs it. And the Lord says, give it to that person. So I take it out, I go up to him, I say, God bless you, I'm done. You know what God has done in our lives since I've done that? He's taken that little bit of money that I've given in his eyes, it's big to me sometimes, I taken that little bit of money in my eyes, you know what he's done with it? Is he's poured it back on us more than I can tell you. He's blessed us even more than we've been blessed. People look at us and they say, well, pastor, you have this, you have that. No, I don't. God has given that to us, amen? And I'm to be a steward of what God's given to me. How are you managing what God's given you? Are you a five? Thank you. Thank you, Felicia. You're awake. I appreciate that. Ezra, you were there. You're a little late. Are you a two? Okay, this, this group's asleep. That's okay. We're having fun a little bit, aren't we? Or are you a one? See, those of you who are two, you can raise both hands, right? Because God gave you more. Those are not you guys in the back. If you're a five, you can raise both hands, right? Because God gave you more. But if you're a one, you have what you started off with. You see, that's where some of us are. We're the same place that we were when we first got here. That's not being a believer. That's being an occupier. God doesn't want occupiers. He wants believers. Would you stand with me, please? Praise God. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.